The cold email script okay. matters a lot less than you actually think it does. The most important, two most important things for a cold email campaign are the targeting and the offer. So picking somebody that wants what you sell and then selling them something that they want to buy. All right, we're rolling, Alex. Thanks so much for joining me, my friend. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited today. Uh, as we were talking about before, I've been in sales for a long time. I know you, um, I mean, you're the master of cold email, right? The author of the cold email manifesto. You have a few different SaaS companies. Is that right? Or Yeah. Author of cold email manifesto. Um, we just had a seven figure exit earlier this year on one of our SaaSes. And now I'm doing uh, Omni.us, which is a cold email nice. sending tool. going to be the best well, I can't wait to talk about that. But before we jump into all of that, I'd love to just hear about your story coming up. Um, you know, I like to hear about everything that you, you know, that led you to this point. So t- take us all the way back. Like, how did you get to this point? Sure. Um, so I started as a junior sales guy at an agency in New York City, and we had a lot of meetings coming in inbound, but it wasn't enough to fill everybody's calendars. So everyone else on the team would have a bunch of these meetings stacked up and I would be there, you know, just kind of picking up the scraps. So I took it upon myself to start generating leads for the agency. And eventually I was able to drive enough revenue that they made me the director of marketing. Um, So I did that in New York city, used that as like a case study to start our own agency, used cold email to grow that agency and have been just doing it ever since making YouTube videos, writing books about it now and hyping up the, uh, the skill of cold email, because it really is a superpower being able to send an email to somebody that doesn't know you pitch your product or service to them and uh, do it in a way that they actually respond to is key for literally everything, bro. Like we've, we've, got feedback from billionaires off of uh, on Taplio. We've gotten enterprise clients like Tesla to sign up to some of our SaaS companies and, you know, booked meetings with our agency with people like uh, Dunkin' Donuts and uh, JP Morgan Chase and stuff like that, all through the power of, of outbound. So I love it, man. That's, that's what I've dedicated my life to now is just uh, preaching how, how cool mastering outbound, mastering cold email could be. Heck yeah, dude. I like that. Now that's an interesting transition to go from, junior sales rep to a marketing guy, right? Like typically in my experience, you see like reps kind of progress through like sales manager and maybe they, maybe they go to this new position that's like CRO, but it's interesting that you went from sales to marketing because I mean, we both know that there's not really a huge difference, right? I mean, the differences matter enough to where they're separate, but take us through like what made you go the marketing route instead of maybe like a sales manager route. Sure. I've always been more interested in, in marketing because it requires you not to talk to as many people. Like I always like the, I'm, I'm still on the internet money thing of like, I love being able to wake up to buyers in my inbox or like having all that happen meetings on the calendar without having to do anything, which is probably why I love cold email more than like cold calling. Um, but the reason why I ended up more in marketing is because to generate these leads, it wasn't enough to go out there and do the traditional sales stuff, like go to networking events and shake hands. We had to get good at SEO. We had to rank in directories. We had to make uh, YouTube videos and do all this content and cold email and outbound and stuff like that. So that was, that was just the role where it, where it came in. Also, I think it, didn't help that there was already a director of sales that was in the position. So okay. I wasn't going to yeah. take his job. And in fact, he's better at his job than I would have been at his job. So oh, we, 
that's why we ended up in marketing. Um, oh, just, just lead generation, right? That's the, the difference I think in, uh, between marketing and sales. Sales is about closing and marketing is about generating the opportunities. Sometimes marketing is also about closing too. Uh, but for the higher value products, the stuff we were selling, you know, the software we were selling was 50,000, 150,000, sometimes million dollar contracts. So you're not going to sell that via PayPal or just a, a <laughs> live form. So in that, in that exact sense, marketing was, was lead gen and that's where we ended up. That's sweet. So what, mm -hmm. I mean, and then how did you know that you had a knack for cold email? Dude, early on. So before I even got this job, I was doing, I was watching this YouTube video a long time ago about product development. And one of the things that you did in lean product development is you emailed potential customers and asked for their feedback. And so I saw some woman talk about that maybe in 2009, 2010. And I sent cold emails to people like uh, the CEO of Udemy and like a bunch of these Silicon Valley startups. I was over in Florida. I didn't know anybody. And these guys responded like I was, <laughs> and I ended up Whoa. on the phone with the CEO of Udemy and about, you know, a day or two after sending these cold email campaigns. And then I was like interviewing Neil Patel for a college project and like all this shit. So I, I got hit by the cold email bug super early on when I realized that you don't need to know anybody. <laughs> you can just go out there and, <laughs> and just ask them for things and they'll give it to you. Right. Well, which is the, and I just made a video about this on my YouTube channel, which is like the number one, uh, you know, rule of selling is to ask like you never get anything if you don't ask. Right. And of course, like, and I'm sure out of all of the emails that you've sent, you've probably got a lot of no's, but the yeses matter more. Yeah. Um, so when we were going, I'll, I'll even give you a, a recent example. When we were getting the enterprise clients for, for that SaaS, we ended up getting Tesla, Prezi, uh, McKinsey, like a bunch of these guys in just wow. a couple of weeks, uh, <laughs> emailing them. But yeah, those are the, those are the ones that I focus on. I don't focus on the maybe, you know, 70, 80 that said no. And I don't focus on the 500 that didn't even open the email or whatever. <laughs> yes. You just focus on the wins. That's the way you get through any of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. What makes the difference between a really good cold email and a really bad cold email? Okay. So a lot of people want to say it's the script. The cold email script okay. matters a lot less than you actually think it does. The most important, two most important things for a cold email campaign are the targeting and the offer. So picking somebody that wants what you sell and then selling them something that they want to buy. And if you have those two things down, then it doesn't matter if you send a one sentence email, a five paragraph email or whatever, even like a cold text or a handwritten note, that message is going to get through if the need is there and the buyer's there. So mm -hmm. that's what I always think about. Um, there's, there's three points that I like to think about when coming up with a comp, uh, campaign. So it's target, who is the exact person I'm reaching out to? What is their job title? What is their company size? Then it's offer. What is the thing at the high level that I'm selling? You know, whether it's Facebook ads or mobile app development or uh, marketing reviews, whatever it is. And then the third thing is case study. So what is the proof that I have that this works? Or what is the thing that I've done uh, that proves that I'm the person to do this? And then once you have those three things, then the email kind of writes itself. So uh, let's say for instance, I'm selling marketing services like we, we do at X27, our marketing agency. And I'll say my target is uh, directors of sales and CEOs at agencies in the United States that are currently sponsoring uh, on clutch.co, right? That's how specific you want to get it. Then the offer would be improving the marketing. And the case study would be, um, I took Dom and Tom 
a New York City agency from, uh, what is it, 5 million in revenue to 6 million re in revenue in six months. And now I have the case study. And so all I got to do for the email campaign is put that into an email. You know, like, <laughs> hey, Mark, uh, saw your agency on clutch.co. Glad you're trying to grow the company. Would love to help. Uh, I just got Dom and Tom an extra million dollars in revenue in the last six months and would love to do the same for you. Mind if I send over a few times for a quick call? Yeah. That's all you need. That's great. Well, and it's beautiful too, because uh, I love cold. I like, I'm a huge fan of cold email. I'm also a huge fan of cold calling. I like it. It's fun for me. Uh, but that's the, that's the idea. And you know, what's so funny is I love that counterintuitive approach because people will spend so much time and money on finding the right copy in there, but they're, you know, their offer stinks or they're not talking to the right people. And so how do you figure out the right person to talk to. I feel like that's a big one, right? Like niching down or target market. Like when you're talking to sales guys, like that just blows right over our heads. And for me, that's been always the hardest thing. I start with the, with the offer first. So I always try to take the offer to some place where it shows that they're clearly either making money, saving money, or uh, saving time and making money is, is the one that I really like. So for instance, when we were coming up with the, with the, uh, approach for Omni for a cold email tool. Um, I wrote down three for each of these. I was like, what are three ways Omni will help you make money? Well, it's going to fill your sales team's calendar uh, with meetings. It's going to generate higher quality sales because you're sending all these cold email campaigns. It'll generate more leads than you ever thought possible, right? So I'm going to come up with three of those for make money, three for save money. You know, you can fire your sales team and uh, run it all off uh, one automated system, you know, like whatever, and then uh, save time. So save time by avoiding low quality prospects and only focus on high quality ones, um, whatever. And then all three of those can be tested within a cold email campaign. Um, so part of it's gonna be gut feeling, but a lot of it's just gonna be raw data. Cause then we'll take each of those, so we have nine, we'll take each of those and we'll send 200 cold emails using each one of those benefit statements. And then from there, we should have some data uh, to iterate on. Wow. Uh, but that's, that's what it all comes down to. And then for selecting the actual target themselves, uh, it's, it, it comes after the offer. So for instance, let's say I have Omni and I realize it's going to make them money by booking their sales team solid. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to either director of sales or a CEO, right? If I'm selling, um, an SDR sort of like maybe uh, Amazon web service optimization where I'll save them money on their server and their hosting costs. Who am I talking to? Probably the CEO or the, or the CTO there. So the offer uh, determines the, uh, the targeting, right? You figure out who is going to actually benefit from this offer inside the company the most. And then that's the person you pitch. Yeah. Oh dude, I'm taking notes now, man. Cause that's, that's gold. <laughs> that's money because uh, that's a, again, that's like a non-traditional, I feel like it's a non-traditional way because whenever you read through, like you like, I follow all the guys on Twitter. Right. And it's like target, 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 then your offer. And I'm just like, dang, man, that's difficult, but that makes it more sense. Right. Like this is what I want to give to people who's most likely to buy it and then, and then get after it. Now I got a little ahead of myself, Alex, because I, I love the nitty gritty, but I also love the story. Like how did you know? And I'm, and I guess I, I kind of asked that earlier, but like, is this something that you always wanted to do? Like you had your sights set on, on being in sales, being in marketing and building companies or, or did your 
life take a crazy turn? Ever since I was a kid, I, want, I liked Steve Jobs and I liked uh, the business guys and I wanted to have mm-hmm. a, a nice conglomerate of, uh, of companies, bro. <laughs> I even remember as a kid um, stacking up like boxes and building skyscrapers in my mom's <laughs> office. <laughs> so wow. yeah, dude, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what uh, I mean, was that in you know, like your family? You grew up in like an entrepreneurial home or? Yeah, my parents uh, had their own office. They were selling medical supplies. My dad actually oh, nice. invented uh, colored latex gloves. Oh, <laughs> so there wow. Was a, a glove, yeah, there was a glove shortage because apparently before like the 80s, doctors didn't have to wear gloves in their, in their offices. And then AIDS Whoa. happened. And all of a sudden, everyone was like, you know, well, you need to wear gloves now. And so there was a massive shortage. Um, and my dad went down to, uh, to Mexico and found a balloon manufacturer that was able to make uh, these gloves. And it was just right product, right time with a lot of cold calling, a lot of pushing. Um, wow. So I, I saw that early on. Yeah, like family business, family office, all that sort of stuff. Wow, that's sick. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of even back then it worked, right? Maybe it was an email, but it was like showing up on the door, knocking on the door. Well, that one was, uh, yeah, hardcore cold calling. To, wow. to medical offices, dentist offices, doctor's offices, that sort of stuff. Just like, just like slinging gloves. That's the, that's the cool thing about it. Right. Like I love that because um, there's a lot of talk on Twitter. I mean, we both are, are in there, right? Like there's a lo- always a lot of talk on Twitter of like, get high, get high value skills, get high value skills, get high value skills. And I'm like, and then they list a bunch and I'm like, dude, just sell, just learn how to sell. And then find like the, I heard Alex Formosi say it. Um, and he just articulated it. Well, he was like, find the highest price thing you can sell, learn how to sell and then go sell it. And you'll make a lot of money and, uh, easier said than done. But, but certainly like sales is one of the big ones, right? Yeah. This one, I, I'm still trying to find a product like this, bro. Cause it was super high margin. Right? It was like 90%, 95% profit margins. The customers oh. were super easy to contact, right? You just call them and they answer the phone. <laughs> and then it was uh, an incredibly high demand. It's like they yeah. need gloves legally. Nobody else has them. <laughs> so here you go. <laughs> yeah, dude. When you have, I guess when you have that kind of like, when you have that, uh, you know, that, that kind of like litig, uh, what is it called? Um, anyway, when you have that kind of like backing of the government, like it's a law, I mean, then it's like, all right, yeah. well, now we just got to pick on, <laughs> now we got to pick. And if it's slim pickings, then you got a really high chance of being that. And okay. So for a lot of people, so you end up in the, in the cold email world and the marketing world. Right. And I mean, I know you get this all the time, but I'd love to like explore your thoughts on the people who will come to you with, the concern of email, like being spam or like stop email. You know what I mean? Like it's very typical. Like I know what I would think when I hear that. I know what I think when I hear that as a lifelong sales guy, cold caller, but I'm just curious, like how do you combat that with people who really need to get ahead, but they've got this wall of like, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, all marketing is interruption marketing. That's what I always yeah. say. Like you're going to go to Facebook and you'll see a Facebook ad. That's the exact same as getting a cold email. Uh, so I, I just see it like that. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of people say that, that Facebook ads are even kind of like more of an inbound marketing technique, but I, I think Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, and all of those sort of advertising actually counts as outbound the exact same way. So I see it, I see it all as the same type of marketing. So if you're worried about running Facebook ads, yeah, you can stay, you can be worried about running cold emails <laughs> as well, but how are you going to grow? Yeah, that's true. That's right. I mean, I know. And it just seems so obvious, but I get in these, like, 
you know, whenever I'm like talking with people, cause I'll, I'll I'm like a freelance sales consultant too. So I'll just go to people and, and we'll do hundred percent commissions and we'll do that. And so, but, but, but what I do in there is I'll like, I'll vet their offer and I'll vet their marketing plan. Cause I don't want to come in and I have to redo this crap on a hundred percent commission. But so when we're talking about it though, we'll be talking about it and, and I'll be like, well, are you running ads? Are you doing this stuff? And, and it's always like, <clears throat> you know, either, yeah, either they're scared of that, but it's, but that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Cause I've never thought of Facebook as like outbound. I've always thought of it as like the inbound, right? But it makes sense. Cause you're interrupting someone's day. Someone's got to take time out of their day to fill this thing out because you, you caught their attention and the script is a big deal, right? Um, that offer and target market kind of come before that. But when you're writing the script, like, um, I mean, is there any kind of like, like what's the science behind writing it? Because when I first started writing, like I'm a sales guy, like I'll talk your ear off and all these things, right? And we'll just like, we'll talk and I'll ask questions, right? Because when I was learning copywriting, the biggest thing that hit me, excuse me, the biggest thing that hit me was um, like when you're in a sales conversation, I can get instant feedback. Like I can ask somebody, I can like go through a little pitch and then I can ask somebody for feedback and I can get it right away. And so we can kind of continue the conversation because I can, I can like pivot in real time and with copywriting and writing emails, like that's not always the case. Right. And so, um, how do you, well, yeah. So I guess with that as like where I'm coming from, what's the science behind the script? Like, what do you tell people? The framework I like to use is called the three C's. So compliment case study, call to action, um, oh, compliment, cool. you know, like, Hey, big fan of your yeah. company. Love your growth story case study. You know, we just did this thing for this company and we'd love to do the same for you. And then call to action. Mind if I send over a few times for a quick call. So yeah. three C's bro. That's all you and need. Is that, and is that, compliment and that just, call to action. and that just, and that's it for you. That's your, that's your bread and butter. Yeah, for the for the initial email, um, and then yeah. the follow ups. Uh, typically, I'll use one that's just a quick bump. So, like, hey, name. I'm sure you're busy. Wanted to make sure this didn't get buried. Then the third one would be uh, like a big news sort of one. So, like, uh, yeah, just got off the phone with the CMO for XYZ company, and they're having similar issues to you. They were just dealing with XYZ, and oh, nice. uh, here's how we fixed it. This, this, this. Would love to do the same for you if you're experiencing this. Mind if I send over a couple times for a quick call? And then the fourth email is a breakup email. So, um, you know, like, <laughs> hey, uh, name. At this point, I'll assume increasing your sales is not a priority for this year. Let me know if that changes. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. We're literally that. doing four contacts. And then we'll do, yeah. we'll do omni-channel too. Um, okay. If they're a high value customer, we'll do handwritten notes. We'll do, um, you know, trying to find an event that they're at and maybe going and chasing them down that way. Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of other stuff you can do if you really need these customers. <laughs> well, yeah, at that point then it's like, it's like do whatever you got to do to make, to make it work. Or I mean, like at least do as much as you can do. Because I feel like that's what, that's what you got to do as salespeople. Like you, you got to be able to go home and, and even if you didn't win, you got to be able to go back and be like, I, I did everything that I could. Right. And, uh, and that's what, that's what in my exactly. mind, keeps, keeps salespeople going. go ahead. I'm surprised most people don't do it. And I think it's incentives. Like what you said, hundred percent commission based. That's all I do too. Like the seven figure, uh, the SaaS acquisition was, was exactly that. These guys had a SaaS company. I pitched them on taking over their marketing we changed for equity. And then I just, you know, wrote their website and did all the marketing and took it up to the right valuation and then sold it. Like, and now I'm just doing that. That's where all my cold emailing is going now. I don't even run the yeah. agency or anything anymore. Cause that's the biggest ROI uh, on time. So I think once you get incentives aligned, 
it makes sense to just do as much as you possibly can to increase uh, increase sales. You know, yeah. and and especially when you're going like zero to one, I'm surprised that salespeople aren't you know going to events to increase their uh, to hit their numbers or, or doing all this stuff to hit their numbers when they have to. Yeah, I think, but you know what? I think what happened. Okay, so I'm in I'm in Utah, and it's like. I don't know. They call it like Silicon slopes and there's a ton of tech companies like Adobe's here and there's a ton of other uh, big Qualtrics and, and all these guys. Right. Um, but I feel like, but after I, I went into tech, cause I'm like from the, from the point where it's like, we were always like, I've always been a hundred percent commission for the most part. Right. Um, until I got like into management and then it was a little different, but for the most part, like I feel like when people are in tech, uh, they get kind of like this entitled. So you see, like, I'm, I'm also pretty like involved with LinkedIn. And so you get all these like tech guys, these SaaS guys who are like, uh, you know, they have base, they're real cushy. They think they're, they think the, they think the, the sales process is like months and months. And, and it's always just so funny because if you had, if you didn't have the base, how long would the sales process really take? <laughs> you know what I mean? Could you figure out, could you figure yeah. out how to like quick? I'm not saying you can sell a million dollars in a day, although I've gotten pretty close to that. Um, but, I, but you know, but could you, could, would it change if you didn't have that cushy base and you had, and you needed it tomorrow? And I think the answer is yes. But now we've got all these guys who are like, if the base doesn't make sense, I'm not going to take the job when it's like, dude, you're selling like these commissions are crazy. You should be in there hustling and uh and then and then you pass the buck to like the company well like the company's not sending me to these places like the company's not doing this for us and it's like bro you're as we're salespeople. we will we kill like we're hunters man yeah and one of the things that we're still working on is the exact SaaS offer too because you look at like a Qualtrics, yeah. you look at these guys their sales cycles are really long but if you look at the fast growing bootstrap startups that have the fully commissioned teams their offers are different bro like they're doing yeah. um the sales guys are out there selling like a two thousand dollar <laughs> onboarding call and then the annual plan is not even commission they don't even get a commission on that so that's, that's the right. sort of offer that we're spinning up now at, at our SaaS companies uh, i probably shouldn't even say this on a podcast honestly <laughs> but like you look at like how connected to um or you look at how some yeah. of these other SaaS companies grew it's all it's all that because the biggest issue with um giving commission to salespeople is for SAS. Normally the commission is way too small. And when you want a yeah. bigger commission, you want to sell the annual plans. Now the sales cycle increases. So the fix to that is the higher priced onboarding calls. Interesting. That's crazy, dude, because it, it, it's true. I actually left tech because I just, it wasn't, I didn't, uh, I mean, I was, I was okay at it. I did pretty good, but my, my, my love was always like retail, like B2C stuff. Um, because that's just where I, that's just where I shined. I love getting on calls with people and, and selling. Uh, but it, it was different though, because I remember, I just remember getting always like also from management in the couple of companies I was with. So I remember my last tech company, I read, I read a few books because I was like, dude, they're, they're like, they were a young company. I was like, we don't really have our messaging down. So if I'm going to succeed, I got to figure this shit out on my own. Like I got to figure out how to pitch this. And I just remember like, getting on calls and like figuring out like what worked. And I was like, Oh yeah, this works. And then just like, Hey, that's not what we do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just sold it. It is what you do because <laughs> it works. And uh, I don't know, just like it's, it's all the red tape that comes with like, that comes with like these series A, B, C, like funding and where you just have a lot of red tape. That's why I like freelance selling a lot. 
because you can do cold emails. Yeah. I mean, you can really just take these companies and be like, Hey, look, if you want me, I'll sell for you. I'll make it work. You don't have to pay me until you get paid. Uh, but let me do my own thing. And for the most part, it's like, all right, cool. Sounds good to me. Cause it's a, it's a no brainer. It's like you get a professional sales guy to sell for you on hundred percent commission. All right, cool. That's what a lot of people do. I just don't yeah. think salespeople take advantage of that as much as they should. No, for real. Cause I'm doing freelance marketing. I guess that's how you, you would call what I do <laughs> through your lens. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I but mean, yeah, I no, I, whatever you I want to call it, it, I guess. Right. Well, if I were you, I would just start taking equity in the companies and then push yeah. them. Because what I've been doing is we take equity in the company and then we increase the revenue by so much. This is what I don't understand, bro. Right. Uh, the marketers are so shitty at their jobs that even for most of these SaaSes, you can add 20K, 30K of MRR and then you're like a rock star and the company's now ready to sell. Because <laughs> a lot of these indie yeah. makers, it, you, you might not see them if you're on money Twitter, but if you're on indie maker Twitter, these guys yeah. will brag about making $1,000 in a year like hey oh we, it's been a long grind you know but now we're ending 2020 we finally hit a thousand mrr so yeah. all you have to do is take that startup promote it to your audience you know or do yeah. cold emails or even do like a small ad spend and you could take them from a thousand mrr to thirty thousand mrr like we did the tapio yeah. and then you're <laughs> you're good to go <laughs> dude that's great though it is because i do and, and that's interesting so let's maybe talk about this because i do get a lot of people on this uh, podcast who listen, who, who want to do like freelancing stuff. Cause I'm not a nine to five basher. Like, I mean, I I'm part of a sales team right now is like, I guess, quote unquote, like nine to five, but I also do all of my side gigs, which is like just selling and copywriting. Um, and so when you talk about equity, I've always explored this, but I've never really known how to, how to do it. But, and, and I've always kind of shied away from like equity and like exiting because like the, the normal, freelancer probably isn't going to experience that, but if you're going to negotiate equity, like what does that look like? How do you begin that process? Sure. So I always make sure the numbers make sense. Um, I'll, I'll reach out to these, these people uh, and I'll say, Hey, I love your startup. And we'll start a dialogue. First of all, if they don't respond to like a, Hey, I love your startup, <laughs> then they're probably not going to be a good partner long-term. Um, and then before we hop on a call, I'll say, you know, Hey, are you open to a partnership? We'd love to help grow. And if they say yes, then the word partnership already uh, gets them in. Like they're, they're, uh, they're thinking equity. And then it's just how much equity is he going to ask for is what they're thinking at that point. And then we'll just, we'll ask for a number that makes sense, you know, uh, 30 to 50%, sometimes larger if the company's smaller. Um, yeah. I, our, our conglomerate. So me and my co-founder, Robert, we don't take less than 50% or less than 30%. I think is the absolute minimum that we take. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's just the way we do it. If they're not willing to play by our rules, we'll, we'll move on to a, a similar startup. Um, yeah. we'll keep going, you know? Well, I um, mean, and, and at that point it's like positioning. Cause it's like, Hey, look, I know we know what we can do. Uh, because I, I've never done the equity piece, but my, uh, my commissions are pretty similar. Like the, the lowest ticket I'll do is like 12,000 a year, but if, at the lowest I'll take 50% commission. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yeah. you, I mean, you couldn't hire a guy like, and, and look at the whole thing and get less than 50, but then the, the higher the ticket, the, I think the lowest it's like 30%, but, um, it's, but it's interesting yeah. because equity is a big, equity is a big one, but you gotta, but I feel like you just gotta find the right one because like, if you don't end up exiting that company or, or whatever, right. Like, how, like it's hard to catch in, like cash, cash in on that equity because equity is a long game or, or am I wrong on that? 
No, you're right. I don't take a salary or anything. That's the, that's the whole right. thing. Like on, on my last four exits that we did, I didn't get a single payout until the company sold. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. payout when the company sold was great. So I don't really, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like if you zoom out a little bit, you look at how like the real, like the actual rich people make their decisions. They don't care if they're getting paid this month or even this year. All they yeah. care about is, are they making the right decisions? Even over the course of like a decade or two decades, <laughs> it yeah. actually does not matter. So then are you responsible? So then when you look for companies like that, because if you're going to be a freelance marketer or a freelance salesperson and you want to start taking equity, how, how do you vet companies that be like, all right, this company can sell in two or three years and I'm willing to wait that, right? But like, how do you vet them on like, this is a company that could sell, this is who would buy it. And then do you, do you also like in your mix start like targeting that company, those types of companies who are going to potentially buy you? So the... Um I'll, I'll talk about what happened with the last couple. So right. the last few that we were looking for, um, I knew from my audience and just the people that buy, you know, I really wanted a cold email tool. I wanted an AI first lines writing tool. I wanted some kind of social media tool, like a tweet hunter. Um, and so that's, that's where we started. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I reached out to a bunch of these companies. I reached out to a bunch of AI first lines tools, talked to a couple of those founders. I reached out to a few of these cold email sending tools. Um, and then okay. I reached out to a few of these like Tweet Hunter, like uh, Hype Fury, Tweet Hunter, those kind of guys. And then I was talking to uh, the founders of Tweet Hunter. I was trying to get equity in that. They were like, oh, we can't really give equity for the Tweet Hunter thing. It's too big. But we were thinking about doing something on LinkedIn. And then that's where that, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. What's the name of it? Oh, Influent Leaders. That name's trash. Let's call it Taplio instead. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it just got away from there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. Okay. That's cool. So you're looking for like, uh, those kinds of things where you can just make a couple quick changes, the name, yeah, the landing I'm, pages. I'm looking, for, yeah. I'm looking for opportunities. Cause I know for Omni, it's going to be a multi-year play. Uh, but mm -hmm. some of them, and actually, um, some of these other ones, I, I think are going to be multi-year plays too. Like Taplio could, could be a $10 million exit or $100 million exit at one point if it keeps growing, you know, like, yeah. Um, I, I who do you sell play, to? You sell to like private equity firms? You sell to like VCs? Who do you sell to? Who buys them? So if it's a small enough company, uh, it's just on micro acquire. Like we've sold a few really tiny ones, like 6K on micro acquire, oh, uh, 10K to, um, to other companies. Like uh, well, we had a chat bot company that was bought by another company for, for around 10K, 11K. Wow. Um, and I mean, then that's cool. the other ones. That's well, yeah. The you higher price ones on your... <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, higher, the higher price ones are strategic buyers. So typically what I found is like, let's say cold email tool, right? If we get Omni to a good spot, who's going to buy us, bro? Either, uh, you know, Salesforce is always looking for people if we've got revenue high enough. Sales Loft, if our revenue is not that high. Um, Mailshake, if our revenue is not even that high. Or if we really want to exit, we sell to somebody like instantly, you know? <laughs> you know like, there's, there's acquirers all along the, the path there. Okay. That's cool. And so you just like, and I guess this is where I like, and I'm kind of diving into this so you can feel free to stop me whenever you want. But I feel like um, for me, it's just like, man, are these companies just constantly looking to buy? And then how do you capture their attention? Like, Hey, this is someone we need to like take seriously and even purchase. 
This one, I don't have enough experience there. All I know is yeah, yeah, okay. businesses are an asset, just like a, you know, like a Rolex watch or whatever. Like if you, <laughs> if you get your revenue to a certain point, you're worth something and then, then yeah. people buy it. Yeah. That's so, that's so crazy because you're like, all right, cool. Cause I've always wanted to do that. Like, uh, I think micro acquire, I think what Andrew, uh, I believe his last name is Gazdecki, right? However you pronounce his name, but I've, I've tried to get him on my podcast a couple of times. Love his site though. Cause I think that'd be cool. Like to just be able to like buy. So, but you're not, but you're saying you don't buy those companies. You like email them and say, Hey, I'll take equity, ramp them up and then sell it and then get them to a point where they want to sell it. Right. Or, or do you just go yeah. on there? You're like, Hey, I'll buy it. And then see you guys later and we'll do it ourselves. This, yeah. So the space I've been in right now looking yeah. for deals is the indie maker space. Cause these guys know how to develop, which the hardest part to building a SaaS is just getting the initial product done and then having somebody that can develop and fix bugs without having to spend like four grand a month or 10 grand a month on a development team. <laughs> so I look for these guys. Yeah. That have like, thousand dollars a month in MRR and aren't sure how to scale it. And all I have to do to basically increase it is make a couple tweaks to the landing page and talk about it on our YouTube channel. You know, like that, that's literally, I'm looking for those type of wins and there's a surprising number of them out there. Like, yeah, like indie makers crazy, man. And so, okay. And so then it's like, then it's like you go for equity and you, so you'll email whoever and be like, Hey, I like your product. I like your, I like your SAS. We, we, you know, we, we scale companies and we don't charge. We just, we just take equity when you sell. And then it's like, okay, cool. I don't have it like, an no, I don't, I don't do it like an offer like that. I just go on, oh, okay. uh, you know, Twitter DM and I'll just open a conversation. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll be like, Hey, huge fan of XYZ company. And then they'll respond and I'll be like, um, what do I say? Uh, would love to help you guys grow. Are you open to a partnership? And then I'll just see what they say. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's cool, man. That's just, but that's that's well, why I love this we, podcast. What do we have? Yeah, um, it wouldn't work if our profile, if my Twitter profile didn't look the way it did, though, right? Like all of the social proof, all the case studies, and all of that is in the profile itself. So I trust that the person I'm sending a cold DM to will look at the profile before, before responding. There's a lot of thing that there's a lot of things that the, um, like sales consultants and, uh, marketing consultants don't really grasp is you can't just tell somebody to do X, Y, Z, and then it'll work. Um, there's a full shadow world behind every message, <laughs> meaning like somebody's going to look at a message and then they're going to look at your LinkedIn or they're going to look at your YouTube or they're going to look at your Twitter. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you don't exist online, it's going to be very hard to make these deals happen. Um, a lot of these people will go out there now and they'll create a fake LinkedIn page for a hot girl. And then they'll try to send their cold emails and they'll wonder why it's not working. Uh, and it's because that person doesn't exist. And these people are doing research beyond getting an email and responding to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Man. But that's why I love this, this podcast, because that was the whole vision for my podcast was like to help just people open up their eyes to different ways to not only like make money, but like leverage what skills they do have. Cause like, you know, you can market. And I, and I was reading, I mean, I've done a lot of like reading and copywriting and stuff and I, I just love to read in general, but someone said, someone said, it's like, you know, the certain fields are like blind mice and all you have to do to get ahead is have one eye open. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So you, it's like, essentially what he's saying, right. Is like, you don't have to be like, you know, you don't have to be like an Alex Berman marketer if you want to catch some of these little guys and just, and just live your life. But, but it's still cool that, 
you can open your eyes, you can have these opportunities and you can just start look if you know where to look. Right. And that's what I love doing to help people. I love helping them just like, Hey, this is where to look when you're doing these kinds of things. Um, so Indie maker Twitter, that's just, I mean, I think yeah, I know actually a few people. In I there. Hope, well, just look at the people that Andrew from MicroQuire is following and just try to, you go on these little rabbit holes. That's the whole thing about Twitter. Uh, there's no, actual like community that you can go into or like a group you can join it's all about who's following you who what's going on <laughs> that sort of stuff so indie maker twitter is just a label um yeah it's, yeah. it's not like an actual thing it's kind of like money twitter like what is that? yeah who is yeah. money twitter <laughs> and it's like and it's like yeah it's like sales um, twitter so it's, or it's, yeah it's hip-hop, yeah yeah and how is indie make indie maker twitter kind of overlaps with money twitter but it also kind of overlaps with bootstrapper twitter and uh, <laughs> uh is it chats uh yeah well that's a cool Thing. funding twitter like it's all the same people are in a bunch of these different groups yeah well that's the cool thing about twitter too because you can search hashtags so if somebody did ha- put hashtag indie maker or like any one of the 50 hashtags you can search and start and start hopping in there why well, i yeah, i mean that i think the I mean, easiest way to find them is is the who's following who so if you can find like that's easy okay a a way in to the to the community so for instance for money twitter Twitter, you might look at my account and see who I'm following and then you'll get into money Twitter. You might look at like, uh, you know, cold email wizards account or uh, yeah. Cardinal Mason and see who they're following. Right. And then you're in money Twitter uh, for the maker community. You might look at like a big maker, like look at uh, at Tebow, you know, from tweet Hunter. He's in the maker community or uh, I, I don't know this. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. So I don't want to even say it. Dag, <laughs> Dagoneroff. He's always posting okay. these memes um, or like uh, John Young Fook or whatever, like all these guys. Uh, we'll get oh, you yeah. into maker Twitter. Oh, that's sick. But that's cool because, um, you know, as you were talking, it reminded me of just like this thing that I used to grow my podcast, which I just, I mean, I, it's probably been said and somebody said it better than me, but it's just like audience hacking, right? It's like, you always bring people on who want to promote their stuff and you tap into their audience. And now you have like these new audiences, right? So yeah, that makes sense. Just like, who are, who are they following and who's following them? I guess if they have a million followers, it'd be kind of difficult, but yeah, I mean, but that's also the other thing that's kind of frustrating, right? Is like people get into this and they don't realize like how much time it's going to take to actually like get to the point where you can start doing this stuff. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not, it doesn't take ages, but it, it doesn't happen in an hour either. Yeah. I know. So my business model, I would not have been able to do, I wouldn't have been able to do this business model of like becoming a SaaS partner and doing all this shit. If I needed the money, there's not, there's not a chance, right? Yeah, because you yeah. need to be able oh, to be willing to either invest money or lose money for years or like, <laughs> like all this shit in order to grow. Like some, some of the, um, we, we have one that we're about to launch that I can't even talk about, but it's another right. Twitter tool. And I'm going to have to spend 3000 bucks on the marketing, you know, on yeah. this tool. Now, did anyone ask me to spend $3,000 on the marketing? No, <laughs> but I know if we're going to hit the certain goals, I'm just going to spend it. And then we're going to hit the, hit the goal. So that's some, these are some games that I think people aren't used to playing. And it, it's a game yeah. you can't play if you need $3,000. Like if that was a lot of money to me and yeah. to the point where like I couldn't lose it, uh, then I wouldn't be able to play the game that I'm playing right now. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how I look at every opportunity is if, is if what, what's it going to take for me to get this done? And if, yeah. And if, if I'm super uncomfortable losing it, then I either got to wait or revisit the strategy, but, but if you can afford to lose it, then I think, but that also taps in just to like the mindset of being an entrepreneur, which is, and Mark Mad Manson says this, well, he's like, you know, don't try. It's like the, the backwards law. It's like the more you, 
the the paradox of control, right? But like, yeah, if you can afford to lose three grand, the chances of you actually making that back and some are pretty high. Yeah, it's, when, so. it's when you're and desperate. It's right? Like I've lost more money yeah. on stupider shit. I spent 25 K <laughs> this year on random YouTube content, YouTube videos <laughs> for channels that have under a thousand subscribers. That's so awesome. I mean, Hey man, I'm trying to get up to a thousand. So <clears throat> that's cool though. But I, but I appreciate that. Well, uh, Alex, um, you've been more than generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I will put all of your links in the description, but tell people where they can find you, how they can support you, all that good stuff. Sure. If you want to learn cold email, go over to coldemailmanifesto.com. You can get it for 99 cents. Uh, otherwise, if you're watching on YouTube, go over to youtube.com slash Alex Berman or uh, on Twitter, Alex Berman. It's Alex Berman <laughs> without the E. Right on. Sounds good. Thank you so much, my friend.